Hi there, all you guys and ghouls. Welcome to the Spooky Soul Sisters podcast. Rose. I have a sick, dark sense of humor, but a bright personality. I love all things creepy, but I'm also a ray of sassy sunshine. Hey y'all, I'm Kayla, and I'm a classy southern peach with a passion for the paranormal and a knack for storytelling. We invite you to join us each week as we journey over to the dark side to discuss new and old ghostly and creepy tales. If you like what you hear, spread the word with other fellow spooky soul friends and keep up with us on all of our creepy content by following us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Do you remember the scary story you heard around the campfire that raised the hair on the back of your neck? The monster living under your bed. That sound of footsteps when you're home all alone. We'll cover it all, so pull your blankets tight and grab a flashlight. We're in for a wild ride. (laughs) Hi, Spooky fam. We are back this week with another spooky story. I hope you guys are ready. I don't really know what this one's about, just (laughs) FYI. (laughs) I wanted to be surprised. This one is kind of funny. So we have a friend in town that works at the local radio station and he, I'd already picked it out, but he mentioned it to me kind of as like a listener request. So it was odd that I had already started researching it. It's one of my favorite American ghost stories besides the Bell Witch. Um, This one is Myrtle's Plantation. So plantation. Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. We gonna get into it. We are dealing with a bona fide southern haunting down in Louisiana. And I want to tell you the story of Chloe and her time at the Myrtles Plantation. Let me set the scene for you guys. Picture it. Sicily, 1919. <laughs> it always starts in Italy. I'm just kidding. Okay. I love the Golden Girls. <laughs> Blanche is my favorite. But really, just kidding. You know, picture it. Louisiana, 1797. General David Bradford was a successful lawyer from the North, but he was on the run from his involvement as a major leader in the Whiskey Rebellion of 1794. So at this point in history, many of the farmers in Pennsylvania that were distilling whiskey got fed up with the newly imposed whiskey tax by the freshly formed American federal government. So, you know, Washington and all this is brand new. America is a brand spanking new country doing her own thing. These men banded together and rose up in opposition of the tax. And old George Washington wasn't having this, so he sent in forces to quell any type of uprisings, which led General Bradford to flee down to Louisiana Territory and construct what is now known as the most haunted house in America, Myrtle's Plantation. The beautiful 19th century, one-and-a-half-story Creole cottage-style mansion was first known as Laurel's Grove, by Bradford and his wife Elizabeth and their five children. One notable feature in the mansion's original construction is the hand-painted stained glass windows framing the front doors that feature French crosses that are believed to help ward off evil spirits. 
The building has gone through many changes and expansions through the years, which has resulted in a remarkable 22 rooms scattered over two full floors, with the second floor housing five spacious bedrooms and connected bathrooms. This mansion is exquisite, no doubt. No expense was spared in its creation. For example, the Myrtles boasts an elaborate French Baccarat crystal chandelier weighing in at a whopping 300 pounds. Oh my goodness, that's me as a chandelier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (coughs) Oh my god, she's got me choked. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Set again, sorry. There is also sparkling Italian Carrara marble mantles over the fireplaces and two of the parlors. My point in saying all this is that they went above and beyond. This place is absolutely beautiful. It's drop dead gorgeous. If you get a chance, look it up online. Um, You can see pictures of it as it stands today. I'll get into more of that later, though. It's very lavish. Very lavish. Very bougie. Very bougie. Um, emphasis on the boo. How did they afford all that back then? <laughs> he was a lawyer, very successful, and he was a general, so he had the money, honey. The second floor features what is now known as the Judge Clark Woodruff Suite, which happens to be the largest bedroom in the mansion and is the only room that is as accessible to the main staircase of the house. Now I know, y'all are wondering, who in the world is Judge Clark Woodruff? He was actually a former law student that studied under General Bradford and married into the Bradford family through their daughter, Sarah Matilda. General Bradford passed away in 1808, leaving his widow Elizabeth to run the mansion on her own, until 1817, when she turned over management of the vast property to her daughter and son-in-law, Judge Clark Woodruff, and their three children. The Woodruffs did not enjoy peace for long in their new home. It was during their time at the mansion that the strange paranormal activity began occurring. Sarah Matilda and the judge did not have the happiest marriage. Judge Woodruff, while well respected by the community, was known for his vigorous sexual appetite and frequently strayed outside of his marriage with numerous women. Q. Miss Chloe, who was one of the Woodruff slaves at the Myrtles, From all accounts, Chloe was young and beautiful, which landed her right in the crosshairs of the lustful judge. The story goes that Clark set his sights on Chloe and pressured her into becoming his mistress and entering into a forced sexual relationship right under his wife's nose in their beloved mansion. As the mistress of the judge, Chloe was moved inside to be a house servant, which was a highly preferred position compared to working out in the heat and the hard labor of the fields. Being in the house, Chloe was privy to the business of the family, and more importantly, the business of the judge. It's said that on one occasion, Chloe was caught eavesdropping on the judge's private meeting with business associates. For her punishment, she was not banished to the fields or beaten or flogged. Her terrible punishment was deliberate and brutal. Her ear was crudely removed from her head Mm. as a lesson to never listen in on the family's private affairs again. After the removal of her ear... Chloe was forced to wear a green turban scarf to conceal her disfigurement. It's also said that after her ear was removed, Judge Woodruff no longer wanted her as his mistress since she was disfigured, and he had replaced her with a newer and younger mistress. 
Some accounts state that this sparked jealousy and fear in Chloe, that she may be dismissed from the household duties to be doomed to toil outside in the field as a laborer for the rest of her days. Either way, I can't begin to imagine her fear, pain, and resentment towards this family. These bitter feelings finally boiled to the surface when Chloe decided to exact her revenge on the Woodruffs. Working inside the house, Chloe had access to the kitchen and the food served to the family daily. She was knowledgeable in herbs and plants, including the extremely deadly shrub known as oleander. Chloe baked a cake laced with the deadly poison extracted from the leaves of the oleander plant and served it to the entire family after their evening meal. Unfortunately, even the best laid plans can go astray. Judge Woodruff did not partake in the cake, but his wife and two of his children consumed the deadly treat. It soon became evident that something had gone terribly awry as the oleander's potent effects became known. I looked up the effects of oleander consumption, and they're pretty awful. I want to share some of the symptoms <clears throat> that the family would have experienced prior to their eventual deaths. You would experience nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, weakness, headaches, stomach pain, and serious heart problems eventually resulting in death. The judge could do nothing but watch as his wife and two children painfully died right in front of him in their family home. Chloe's plot was quickly found out and her fate was sealed. Chloe was hanged by the other slaves and her body was dropped in the Mississippi River. It's unclear if this was done so they could save her from whatever horrible punishment Judge Woodruff planned for her or if they decided to kill her because of her murdering the innocent children of the Woodruffs as they were beloved by all. To this day, visitors to the plantation report frequent sightings of a young black woman in a long dress from days gone by in a green scarf turban on her head, roaming the property of the Myrtles Plantation. <clears throat> she is also famous for having been photographed by the woman running the Myrtles in 1992. The building had experienced extensive fire damage and the insurance underwriters had requested photographs of the damage. One of the pictures clearly shows the figure of Chloe. She's eerily outlined, but transparent enough that you can see the lines of the clapboard house through her body. It's unknown if her spirit is trapped there to haunt the halls of the plantation for eternity, or if she chooses to stay behind to look after the only home she ever knew. So I've seen this photo, and it is uncanny. You can see her clear as day. It looks like somebody just took a picture of a woman standing there in, like, period clothing. So I've watched, like, I watched a National Gra Geographic special. I've seen the Travel Channel special. Um, there was a Ghost Adventures episode. And in my research, you know, they've tested that photograph. They've tried to find some kind of proof that somebody's tampered with it or created it or falsified it. It's 100% legit. They can't find where anybody's tampered with the evidence. And I mean, this woman wasn't even trying. She wasn't trying to be spooky. She was just taking photos of fire damage for her insurance company. So How the fact the that start? that's the other thing. From what I remember, it was in the kitchen around like the butler's pantry and everything. So, you know, she baked the cake in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Me personally, I think it has something to do with that. But who knows? You know, that is weird. So let's see. <clears throat> I, 
I'm like just sitting here in awe thinking about the story. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of things that I've watched about similar stories. It's heartbreaking. It is. I mean, I'm more mad because one, she's a slave. Two, she got her ear cut off because she's just listening. Yeah. To know, because she wants to be up in the up and probably was trying to listen so she could have conversation to stay with her, you know, man. Yeah. Because she didn't want to work out in the labor. Nobody did. I mean, yeah. it wasn't right anyway to begin with, but it's neither here nor there. I'm just saying, I'm not justifying what she did. I could understand, though. Yeah. It sucks all the way around. But why would they just throw her body in the river? So, I read several different... People have different reasonings behind why they believe the slaves did what they did. Uh, a lot of them said that they were trying to get rid of her body so he couldn't defile it in any way. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you'll read accounts of them sitting the bodies outside like a scarecrow to scare the others. And be like, you know, this is what will happen to you if you decide to run, if you decide to you know, buck up against me if you decide to rebel, this punishment will happen to you. But he, she killed the wife and the children. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I okay. feel like she didn't think that through. Yeah. I don't know if she was just so enraged like she wanted the whole family dead, or, you know, it, it, like if... So, where does I this plant like grow? Oleander? Yeah. Uh, it said, like, subtropical. But this is in Louisiana. So, I mean, like, it, technically, the southern region gets humid area, and it's a bush. It's really pretty. A lot of people use it in landscaping. It's still used to this day. Lots of people just have it growing in their yards. It's pretty, but deadly. And it's deadly to animals. It's deadly in even its smallest form. So, do not play around with it. Don't be picking the leaves or licking the leaves or anything like that. Like, if you use it in landscaping, do you have to ingest it and it's lethal, or... From what I understand, yeah, it has to be ingested. And with Chloe's case, she was uh, taking the leaves, and she had boiled them and taken the extract. So she was reducing, putting them into a reduction, essentially, and then baking them into the cake. So, Mm. yeah. Unfortunately, I do have to note that there is no hard evidence proving that Chloe ever existed. There are no documents stating that the Woodruff family ever owned a slave by the name of Chloe. You have to remember, though, that this was so long ago that records get destroyed and lost. And sometimes, you know, keeping track of slaves, they didn't keep records. They didn't consider them important enough to keep track of, which is disgusting and sad. But um, I'm not completely ruling out the existence of Chloe and her story. The deaths of Elizabeth and her children are also disputed, with some accounts stating that they died of yellow fever, not oleander poisoning. Mm. So it, it is questionable. They can't prove that this actually occurred. Nonetheless, it's scary. And they have had sightings of Chloe. But Chloe is not the only spirit dwelling at the Myrtles. There's a mirror that is said to hold the captive spirits of Elizabeth Woodruff and her two murdered children. So you've probably heard of this before, but in that time it was customary that after a death, the family would cover all the mirrors in the home and open the doors and windows to let the spirits of the deceased safely depart from the house to the next life. This particular mirror was not covered in the chaos of the poisoning of the family and resulted in the entrapment of the souls of Elizabeth and her children. 
Visitors to the plantation report seeing figures in the mirror and handprints. Many believe that mirrors can be used as portals for spirits. Workers and tourists claim that they can hear the voices, laughter, and running footsteps of the spirits of the children in the home, that, and they are also often seen. A woman in a white dress is also often spotted from passerbys outside in one of the upstairs windows, and this is widely believed to be the apparition of Elizabeth Woodruff. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they still have the, the mirror? Yes, they do. <laughs> I'm confused. I watched the Ghost Adventures episode this morning to review before we talked about it this afternoon, just to make sure I had my facts straight. And the mirror is, as of that episode, which was like 2012, 2014, somewhere around in there, they did still have it. And it's a beautiful, like, big antique mirror. It's one of those that, like, the silver is so old in it. You know when um, they start to get those marks that almost look like water Mm-hmm. Um, marks on wood, yeah, but it's in the mirror. <clears throat> so it's one of those. Some legends say that the mansion was doomed from the start since it was allegedly built upon a sacred Native American burial ground. Oh, it starts there. All right, so that's a cardinal rule. Yeah. In case you guys haven't noticed, don't build on the burial grounds. Lord have mercy. Like, don't disturb things. Don't build on it. Don't go there. Don't develop the land there. Check it out beforehand. Gracious. But there is also reportedly a human-sized bloodstain from a Union soldier that was murdered in the ransacking of the mansion during the Civil War. Caretakers of the house claim that the spot will not come clean, no matter how hard people have tried through the years. Some even go so far to say that they cannot push a broom or a mop through the stain. Like, their mop will not go over it. It's like some invisible force is, like, protecting it. Like a force field. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mr. Clean? Yeah. (laughs) I'd be throwing that thing over there. (laughs) Also, visitors claim to have encountered a male ghost that haunts the staircase of the house that stomps and clambers all the way up to the 17th step. It's believed that this is the spirit of William Drew Winter, who was shot on the front porch by an unidentified assailant and also died in the house. You'll never guess where he died. On the 17th step in his wife's arms, he had managed, after getting shot, to stumble back in and make his way part of the way up the main staircase to the 17th step. So that's what they're hearing. It's his death crawl. So he's stumbling back into the house, replaying that over and over and over again. Residual energy, let it go. Yeah, that's terrible. But it had to be a traumatic death. They never, um, they have suspicions about who it was, but they never were able to definitively say who his attacker was that shot him. So that's still unknown. That's probably why he's still there. He's trying to tell you who it was. Possibly. There's one more story about a different slave woman named Cleo, who was also a renowned voodoo priestess. She served under the Winter family that I just mentioned. And their many children. One of the little girls, named Kate Winters, fell ill to what many believe was yellow fever. Cleo tried her best to use her knowledge of herbs and voodoo healing rituals to treat the afflicted child, but she was unsuccessful in her attempts. As a result, she was hung after the little girl passed away. Her spirit is said to still be haunting the home in her endless grief and anger. It's also believed that the land is forever cursed from these tragic events. 
Today, the Myrtles Plantation is a fully functioning bed and breakfast open to the public. Those who are brave enough can take tours of the property and even opt to stay in the judge's suite, which is said to be a hotspot for paranormal activity. So when I watched the Ghost Adventures episode today, it was the judge's suite that had this huge bed in it that shakes. <laughs> I've already been in a shaking bed. If you haven't listened to that, that's our very first episode, so go back and check it out. <laughs> I don't ever want to experience that again in my life. That was truly terrifying. So they have a bed. It's it's his bed that shakes at night. It's probably Chloe or his wife or whoever shaking him to wake him up. Yes. Being like, heifer. Get out of here. That's right. But uh, if any of you have ever been or visited Myrtle's, email me. Yes. Email us ASAP. We want to know all about your experiences, and we're adding it to the list, Ashley, of places that we need to visit. Heck yes. <laughs> And this was just a fun fact that I wanted to mention here at the end, uh, how Myrtle's Plantation got renamed. So uh, it changed hands a lot through time, obviously. And one of the families that came to own it was the Sterling family. Miss Mary Catherine Sterling, she was the wife of Ruffin Gray Sterling, took ownership of the house after the Woodruff family in 1831. And they decided to call the place the Myrtles, due to the numerous crepe myrtles blooming all over the property. And Miss Starling is also to thank for many of the expansions and renovations to the beautiful mansion. She made sure to preserve a lot of the original floors and windows as much as possible. She wanted it to stay historic. Aww. So we have her to thank today for the beautiful Myrtles Plantation. So is it, a, you said it was a bed and breakfast, but is it like family owned? I don't think so. I think it's gone through several hands also through the years. Um, from what I read online, because it showed different names of managers. So I don't think it's family run anymore. But I don't, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. You can still stay there. Because I actually looked it up one time. Halloween, though, is a hot spot time. So it's really hard to get rooms. But they've expanded it. And they actually have the oldest building on the property was this little cabin that General Bradford lived in while they were constructing the Myrtles. So he lived out in this cabin, and they've currently turned it into the gift shop. Oh, So it's still standing. They still use it. It's still a functioning piece of the property. And it's huge. Like, they've got little ponds. Um, there's gazebos out there. It's like a sprawling, well, it, it's a plantation. It's a sprawling area of land with just beautiful gardens and... Um, Rolling Greens, you can go take tours out there, but it's known for its ghosts and spirits. That is super cool. It's Louisiana. They always have that voodoo. Yes. yes. I think about, like, the Skeleton Key. That's one of my favorites. Um, me and Davis recently watched a new one. It's called Jezebel, and oh. it was terrifying. But yes. it was also, I think it was in Louisiana. I love it. I've, have you ever been to New Orleans? No, I've never been anywhere. <laughs> oh. Girl, mm, it is a good time. My hus I went on a girls' trip, mm -hmm. and my husband still brings it up all the time because he went. I went on several, several tours down there because you know, of course, you're in New Orleans. It definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be. But you have to pay to go into the cemeteries, or you have to have like a tour. I've heard that because yeah. of vandalism that has occurred, mm -hmm. and it also is a profit way for people to make money down there. Yeah. Um. I will say that I absolutely had a great time. Um, <laughs> I did. I had a great time. So I need to go back. So my husband is dying to go. So that has to go on the list, too. And I cannot wait to Add talk about it. Add it to the list. Oh, 
at least it's growing long. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's story. And again, you know, if you have any experiences or stories, it doesn't have to be about myrtles. It can be about any of the topics or something completely unrelated, just paranormal. We want to hear about it. We want to know. Share with us. Also, follow us. Yes. On all of our socials. Exactly. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Like and follow us all because it really does help. It helps us to want to keep going back because we are still so excited about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have such a good time talking about all things spooky. Well, also, you get to learn about us. We get to learn about you and we get to interact. And it's just a fun time. Like, yes. why would you not want to be part of that? <laughs> just saying. Exactly. So... <laughs> We hope that you guys have a good week, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.